538 on a Monday afternoon, and on Mondays we wrap things up by taking a look at Rick's reading list. What is on it? What was it about? What did I think? Well, last week I had done a John Grisham book that was Camino Wind, and this one is another Grisham book because oftentimes when I'm in that section, you grab two, right? Uh, and, and this one I had not... Um, known much about, but I'm really, really glad that I read it. It was different than a lot of Grisham books. This one was called The Boys of Biloxi, and it takes him, him meaning Grisham, back to his roots, having gone to law school at Ole Miss. It takes Grisham back to tell tales of the Deep South. It is different from many others in that oftentimes his thrillers are in a span of a couple of days or maybe a couple of months. But this one literally spans almost 100 years. It's very different than many Grisham works. It feels to me more like... Michener or maybe uh, the Prince of Tides author Pat Conroy. It, it reads much more like historical novel of a family of an area, more of a saga, more of a, a, a longer look at a story, but it tells the tale as the families grow. It starts with Eastern Europeans coming to the shores of Mississippi and finding themselves literally working in an industry that was enormous there, which was the seafood industry itself. Yes, Biloxi was known for beaches and for resorts, but if anything else, it was known for the seafood that was produced there. The oysters, the shrimp that not only were served in restaurants and bars and things like that around the area, but then were shipped all around the country because it was so prevalent there. Well, it begins with that, and then it begins with those people who were working and making money and not very much than maybe starting a small business of their own or working in a small pub of their own. And before you know it, maybe they owned a bar or they owned a restaurant or they were involved in some things. Well, those people... Some were very successful, others were not. And it goes through that tale of how a family had grown up in that area and gone in maybe a bit of a wayward direction. What do we mean by wayward? Well, there was rumored to have been the Dixie Mafia in Mississippi, that while it was not necessarily affiliated with mafia or gangsters from New York or other parts of the United States, it was its own version that was doing bootlegging, that it was maybe running drugs, that it was perhaps putting in houses of prostitution and gambling, and perhaps even dabbling with some contract killings. And one of those families, the Malco family, rose up in that part of Mississippi in Biloxi. And it ends up telling the tale from part of the story, 
the Malcos side of things, where Lance Malco became one of the mob bosses, if you will, in that part of the world, where he owned a number of restaurants, and some of them were more than just restaurants. Some of them were strip clubs, and some of them had brothels upstairs, and many of them were buying illegal booze, and many of them were running illegal booze, and he had strong men, and he had hit men, and he had a lot of things to keep others in line to intimidate and to keep them quiet. And his son was a very, very good baseball player who grew up on a baseball team with another 12-year-old who turns out to be a very, very talented player who went on to play in college. They both thought that as 12-year-olds, they were going to rule the world as baseball players and were going to play into the majors. But these two young men grow up on opposite sides of town and opposite sides, ultimately, of the law. The other family is the Rudy family. So the Malcos are sort of on the Dixie Mafia side. The Rudys are on the other side. And ultimately, if Lance is the one who is the mob boss, Jesse is the one who runs for and ultimately is elected as district attorney. And they have two young sons who play baseball on the same team. And Grisham has a way of going from the late 1800s through the birth of this generation of Lance and of Jesse, and then ultimately to their sons being born and their sons being involved in what is going on there with one side doing some things that are very, very wrong and untoward, and the other side trying to be the one that is putting an end to the racket. What I really, really liked about it, in addition to the wonderful storytelling that I think that he does here is the fact that he then ultimately gets you to think about some very hard legal questions. And as we go through the book, ultimately, one of the characters is charged and is found guilty and ultimately faces the death penalty. And then it's a matter of the characters in the book wrestling with that and whether or not that is something that they want, because ultimately, Ultimately, as the victims of the crime, they have a say as to whether or not the death penalty will be part of it. And I guess what I really liked about The Boys of Biloxi by John Grisham is, yes, there is the legal suspense. He does a very nice job of developing relatable characters. He also does a wonderful job of sharing a lot of the history of that part of the country, which is different from the Delta where the cotton fields are and is different from, for instance, Jackson and some of the more metropolitan areas and where Old Miss uh, happens to be and, and the higher education sectors in Starkville where Mississippi State is. But he talks about the coast and he talks about the people and he talks about the industry and he talks about the vice that is there. It really ends up being a spellbinding tale that makes you think about a lot of different things, even though you thought you were just picking up a legal thriller from somebody who is among the best to do that in John Grisham. His book, The Boys of Biloxi, this week's featured work on Rick's reading list.